Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel is a podcast where we discuss the latest Marvel TV episodes as they are released on Disney+. This is your spoiler alert. Welcome to Chasing Arrows, our official Hawkeye After Show podcast. I'm Elizabeth Pfeiffer, the senior editor for the Boardwalk Times. My name is Iris Nyholt, and I am a contributor to the Boardwalk Times. And I'm Luska Lumi, a contributor for the Boardwalk Times. Y'all, there is so much to talk about this episode, so we're going to go straight into an ad break so we are not interrupted at all. Okay, quick ad break. That was awesome. We're back. Y'all, this is the second to last episode of the entire Hawkeye season. So what were y'all's initial thoughts on the entire episode? I love Yelena and Kate Bishop. That is all. That Those are my thoughts. <laughs> but also, I agree. what the hell? Also, I agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I... I love Florence Pugh so much like her whole her whole scene I was just so giddy to watch it that those are my yes. only thoughts obviously the end yes. where I was like god damn it I have to watch Daredevil now uh-huh. um, I recommend <laughs> very good show I know one of my friends he recommends it but I like resisted watching it because he recommended it naturally I, yes of course naturally because yeah. you can't listen to men anyways exactly. <laughs> but now I'm like god damn it now I have to watch it which I'm not upset about but like the satisfaction that I'm gonna give him I'm upset you about. can just tell everyone else you're watching it because your best friends Elizabeth and Iris told you to not because of a man that's true for the girlies <laughs> the girls I feel that though I think when Daredevil first came out I watched the first two or three episodes and then completely fell off the edge So I am going to have to binge watch that. This week, though, I've been binge watching all of the Spider-Man movies. So I think it will be refreshing to hang out with a new superhero after this week. I saw that because I went into my letterbox and little Dino, (laughs) you rated Spider-Man too. And I was like, oh, someone's rewatching Spider-Man. I thought that that was really interesting because we only saw Monica Rambeau come out of it in WandaVision. So seeing how fast it happened for them was just like mind-blowing. Crazy indeed. Yes. And I think that it it was definitely a new perspective because and that's what I'm really enjoying about the Disney Plus series. They're providing new perspectives from the blip and everything. And I think Yelena coming out of it and being like, I literally was there and then I got out and then everything changed. So what do you mean my sister died? I can only imagine the whiplash from that. Like, holy crap. And that was all before the Marvel intro for the episode. I know. I know. It's crazy. I was really excited because... I thought that meant that Yelena was the main protagonist of this episode, which she isn't, but I do love seeing her as a side character because I also love Kate Bishop. And I I do think this episode worked really well because Clint wasn't in it as much. Agreed. Agreed. Whoops. (laughs) And also like, 
women. We've talked about this, the three of us before, just women. Yeah, women. But I I think it's really cool, like, seeing Yelena's part of the story all before the intro, because it gives that, like, separation of this is before the Black Widow end credit scene, and, like, this is the episode of Hawkeye. thought that was very interesting. I just wish we could have seen how she maybe, like, came to be with Valentina or because we saw her get the assignment to kill Hawkeye which we'll get into that later because I've been sus of Eleanor this entire time me too me too (laughs) I I totally feel you yeah I think a lot of Marvel's quickly catched on that like the Jack was a red herring and the mom was the one that like just felt also it's just I think the actress did a really good job because you feel the like, you know, mom connection with her and Kate Bishop, but at the same time, she just gives off this like weird vibe that you're just like, I'm not, I don't believe you. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know where I read this. It could have been like a Tumblr post in 2013, but the difference between a hero loving you and a villain loving you is that a hero will save the world and a villain will try to protect you no matter what. That's so very so, true. So I think that's that sounds where, Tumblr. Yeah, it sounds super Tumblr. But like you're not like it's it's not wrong. Like it, yeah, yeah. About well, the red herring though, like I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about red herrings, um, and they were like, oh, it's very much a Scooby Doo thing where like it's it's never the person you suspect, but it's usually the first person you meet. And like ooh. Eleanor was one of the first person or one of the first people we saw, like at the very beginning of the show. So. Scooby-Doo, where are you? (laughs) So, but, you know, whole red herring thing aside, if Jack is one of those, he could still be guilty. I don't know what you guys think about that, but. It's like complicated because I feel like Jack and Eleanor haven't been engaged for that long. Like it was news to Kate. So how could Eleanor like frame him if he's like the CEO of this company that he doesn't know about? But again, powerful people can do things that normal people cannot I agree at the same time I'm hesitant to believe that he's in charge of this because well one there is the part that he was way too calm getting arrested he just seemed way too composed but in the other sense he it felt like he felt he knew that nothing was going to happen or he wasn't going to get charged and I'm not sure why but he had that like acting of I'm not worried and that could go either way meaning that like he knew this was coming or he knows that he's not guilty and he has enough money to I was gonna say he's also a rich person Mm -hmm. he said I have never worked a day in my life he's definitely like one of those rich rich I can buy myself out of exactly consequence yeah yeah I was thinking the exact same thing. And honestly, when Kate told Eleanor about Jack, she did not look surprised one bit. Let's talk about that. That was a, a tiny backtrack, but like, hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think that, I feel like she targeted him on purpose, especially since his uncle ends up being murdered. So I feel like there's a connection somehow. Like she either reached out to him because he was a part of this empire or she reached out to him to get access with like of his uncle's resources in this empire like something you know and the uncle knew that she was trouble 
Yes. The uncle knew too much, so he had to die. All very interesting. So this episode jumps around a lot, and I thought that was pretty cool just so we can see what's going on in real time. And I feel like that's been the series in general, but like this episode specifically jumped around a lot. So we get like a jump to Echo. And honestly, I forgot she was shot. Like completely forgot. Same. (laughs) Me too. I honestly put Echo out of my mind after Elena. I was like, Echo who? Um, But I love her. Hope you're well, girl. (laughs) Hope you're taking care of your wounds. We love you, Maya. Um, we're going to talk about her a little bit more later, but I just wanted to point out that there was, you know, jumping around and she was there for a second, but then we jumped to probably my favorite scene. I can guarantee that it was y'all's favorite scene too, where Kate goes to the apartment and Yelena is there and she made macaroni. What did you guys think of that entire thing? Because I wrote so many notes about it, but I want to hear your thoughts before I dive into my own. Well, I really, like you said, loved that scene, was my favorite. Uh, Their dynamic, I really liked for some reason. Just Yelena calling Kate Kate Bishop the entire time was just so funny to me. And um, when they were talking about like how Yelena had never been to New York and how like Yelena said she wanted to see all these things, my brain immediately went, oh, Kate and Yelena take New York. (laughs) Um, I would love to see something like that as like a bonus feature or something where they just visit all the major landmarks of New York City because I just think that would be so funny and cute and yeah. Okay, Iris. Deserves to see it. Yes, as our Young Avengers expert, do you think that there'll be like a pairing there with Yelena? I know she's not like young. She's not part of the Young Avengers. I don't know if she's ever been into the comics because I haven't read all of them. Uh, Like, I don't know if Yelena's ever been part of a Young Avengers comic. I don't think she has been, but if I'm wrong, I apologize. Don't yell at me. (laughs) Um. Would be fun to see Yelena with the Young Avengers. Uh, I know she's also part of, we've talked about them in the past, but I can't remember their name. You know, the bad guy types of people, but not the, the Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Yeah. Yes, that's who they are, the Thunderbolts. I know she's in there. So I think she'd like be there quicker than she'd be with the Young Avengers, but I would like to see it. I would like to see it, especially with her and Cassie and America and Kate. That would be a fun little girl group. Right. Muska, what did you think of the entire scene? The screen, I've seen her in obviously her other movies. And I think there's a reason why she became such a popular actress is because she kind of has that same feature of like Timothy Chalamet, where she's young, but she's so talented. And that really, I think, gravitates towards audiences now. And I think Marvel did a really good job at getting her to play this role because she's honestly amazing in it. I feel like Yelena, like Florence Pugh was made to play Yelena. And so like, just like Haley Steinfeld like captures the scene in all of Hawkeye, like you just feel so captivated with every, like every scene she's in. I feel like the same for Yelena. So I do think Florence Pugh could do, you know, no wrong, but I hope she stay like I hope she stays in this franchise and I hope they don't butcher her character because I would love absolutely love to see her continue on as this character. I agree wholeheartedly. And also in this scene for me, 
I resonated so deeply with something that Elena said, like it hit my, the deepest part of my soul. And it was that she likes hot sauce and she put hot sauce on her macaroni and cheese. And like a lot of it, I love hot sauce. That is, that is so you. Like I literally wrote down, I saw the hot sauce and I was like, oh, Yelena and Liz would be pals because I know Liz loves her hot sauce. Yeah. Yelena wouldn't have to wait for me to be done. I would be adding the hot sauce with her. That is honestly taste because I was like, oh, she, she eats macaroni and cheese with hot sauce. Now that is a woman that knows how to eat box mac and cheese because that is the only right way to eat it. But I've never does tried rem- it this way, but now I will have to. Oh, oh please It's do. good. It is so good. Like, I'm not kidding. It, is, <laughs> it honestly makes the biggest difference. That is how I survived not cooking <laughs> for months. But that does remind me that when you initially said, like, something resonated, <laughs> I thought you were talking about her little spiel. But, you know, macaroni and cheese um, also works great <laughs> with hot sauce. But there is like a part where she goes like, because I know a lot of the times we're really conflicted about Hawkeye because I feel like his behavior has been excused throughout what he did during Endgame. And I think Elena really brings that argument forward where she's like, are we, should we just forgive him just because he's an Avenger? What does that even mean? Also, yeah, the fact where she is... Like, there's just so many quotes in that little spiel that she talked about that I was like, oh, my God. She says, like, we are defined by what we do. And that is the hard truth. And I remember that is something that I was like, oh, that is a little bit too accurate for me. Like, I know we're talking about superheroes, but we are defined by what we do. And maybe I'm not doing enough. Thanks, Elena. Yeah, they had a really deep conversation. And then it kind of transitioned into... Kate learning that Natasha is Yelena's sister and her talking about collateral damage. Like, was my sister collateral damage to Hawkeye's wrongdoings or his thing? Which hit heavy because I think we're all in the same boat where we think Hawkeye should have yeeted himself off the cliff and made it. Yeah. I mean, this is a great yeah. show. Honestly, the show is underrated. So I'm, I'm like glad about the stage of events, but I also, yeah. they yes. did Natasha so yes. dirty. They with, did. Um, I think with the way Black Widow played out the movie, I'm almost glad that they didn't, they didn't try to do more because I was like, if that was the, if that's the bar that you guys are going to have for Black Widow, then I don't want it. If you. That is true. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. No, mm-hmm. you're very right. Yeah, so because I just think that they had already taken into fact that like Black Widow, okay, let's just give her some backstory, whatever, like who cares? And Hawkeye, they gave this whole series, this whole like coming of age within that show because they already wanted to introduce this new character. And I feel like in Black Widow, Elena was kind of just, even the side characters are just kind of thrown in there, like as they do a great job, but it is very random. Which Yelena is in the in the Black Widow comics. Like she is an actual like big character that returns and returns in the comics. And in the comics, Black Widow has such like interesting storylines. She hooks up with Bucky, which interesting. It's so rude uh, that they never gave that I, to us. No, so I know. Rude. I'm so mean. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to see that. But seeing as the movie is what they did with her character, they 
they could have done so many things and this is what they did you know it's like muska said it makes sense it's just suspicious that it was a woman character that they completely failed but we we don't have to get into that here as much as we would like to we'll do it somewhere else (laughs) anyway so all that set aside the conversation between kate and yelena ended on a really light note like thanks for the girls night which i think it was funny but also you really know what yelena as a character craves she wanted to live with natasha in new york like she was talking about that before she got blipped so it's just like oh like she really truly does want like a gal pal i i do that brings up the this tiktok i remember seeing where someone was fairly criticizing Marvel for saying that any character depth that they want to show, like any serious moment in the Marvel universe and Marvel movies that happens is like quickly disrupted with like a quip, like, you know, just like a funny remark. And I think I haven't thought too much about it because I was like, yeah, yeah, like whatever. Everyone always has complaints. And then I realized that, yeah, you know what, like that is a fair fair criticism but I think in this case and I don't know if I'm being biased or not because I love Florence Pugh but in this case she kind of fleshes out the argument really well I think Yelena's character is something that she comes off as quippy and who people might argue that's to a fault but I think in this scene it works well because Hawkeye so far has been this kind of lighthearted thing which maybe they should be talking more about like how Hawkeye is a serial killer, but, (laughs) but I think she brings up this, yeah, (laughs) she brings up this argument really well, where she's like, what makes a hero a hero? And she kind of, it's, it feels like a deflection, her humor, rather than Marvel using it as a deflection, if that makes sense. I agree wholeheartedly. Me too. So again, we're jumping around. I feel like this whole episode was like big, long scenes, tiny, short, 30 second scenes, and then to a big, long scene. So it cuts back to Clint and Grills and Grills mentions the new outfits for um, Clint and Kate. But obviously we're not going to see them until next episode, the finale. And then we cut back and Jack's getting arrested. And, And yeah, we already talked about that. Did Eleanor frame him? Probably yes. Speaking of grills for just a second, though, love that man. What a man. First of all, his voice is amazing. Second of all, what a man. (laughs) That is all. Thank you. We can move on. I see you mouthing, what a man, what a man, what a man. (laughs) Muska. Can't ignore that. That has to go in. I cannot. Whenever someone's like, what a man, I'm like, me too, girl. Me too. Let me start. (laughs) So yeah, Jack gets arrested. And at this point in my notes, I'm like, Jack, massive red herring. Because he, yeah, we were saying he just looks so chill. And then we go to back to Clint and he sees a plaque that says, on this site, the Avengers first assembled. And I think that we've talked about this before. It's really interesting how their history is intertwined in the real world. So I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about that plaque and his speech to Natasha, where he says, I do my best every day to earn what you gave me. I, the plaque made me emotional, which makes sense because I'm an emotional person. (laughs) Um, 
But the speech to Natasha, I'm a little bit conflicted about just because, as you know, I'm on team Kill Clint. Uh, <laughs> but it was a sweet speech and it really did come from the heart. And yeah, he, he does need to like live up to what she gave him because girl really gave her life for you, mister. So you better appreciate that and live your life to the fullest and like in the most positive way, not by killing multiple people. But yeah. For an orange rock. I think that's what he said. Yes, for an orange rock. Which is so easy to just see like that. Because I know that everyone's like, she sacrificed herself for the greater good. But if I was there, I would also be like, we literally fought to the death for to get this stone literally just a stone all right cool I lost my best friend because I wanted to get a stone for this silly little purple creature but okay (laughs) um no I genuinely that scene was very yeah very emotional and I do think uh Clint did a good job at invoking emotion because I feel like we've seen a lot of the Avengers going through and I will say Clint and Natasha were pretty much backburners for a lot of it so seeing them have this connection and this, I don't know, the, you know, this sense of a person, they're a person, they're not just like a two-dimensional character. It, it was nice, I will say. See, I just realized that I wish, I think I, it would have hit me more, like their friendship and like her sacrificing himself for him, basically, um, if they would have like continue with the chemistry they had in the first few movies they were in together until they brought in Clint's wife. Because they really had that good chemistry going. And I fully thought they were going to go Clintasha. And then they didn't. Uh, but I think if they pushed that more in the movies, I would have been more emotionally invested in them. A hundred percent agree. I a hundred percent agree. Because I think they fell off. They they brought this good, really good chemistry bet- between the two. And then they're like, huh, just kidding. He's married and have three kids. And that shouldn't make, that shouldn't mean they can't be platonic friends. And it's like, okay, exactly. I, I, okay, sure. Yeah, I believe that. And then they're like, just kidding. We're not going to show any form of development in their relationship. You want friendship? You're not going to get it. Have fun. I'm womp, like, okay. <laughs> also, can we just like sidetracking a little bit about like Clint's family? When he was on the phone with his wife, she said something about like, we're, we're already so far away. Like, did they move to protect the family? Cause they already lived on like a pretty remote farm, but See, the I inside think- of their house doesn't, I don't know if it looks the same or not. Like, I'm just I, thinking I about it tell. now. Like, I can tell. I think they didn't move because I think they're still on that farm. Maybe that farm is already really far away and, like, they just didn't know people knew where they were until now. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's, like, a small detail that I just was like, wheel, wheel. But, yeah. It's suspicious because his wife also goes, I'll always understand more than anyone else ever could to Clint when he's talking about, like, how he has to do this thing and it's going to be really hard, blah, blah. I'm like, why? Why do you know that? What are you hiding? Like, well, at first what- I also thought that was about that he was going to kill Maya, but then it wasn't, I guess, because he didn't kill her, which is jumping forward a little bit. I apologize. <laughs> but like, okay. then what was she talking about? Because Clint was like, I have to do this thing. But what is this thing? Who's to say? And she made it sound like he was going to go kill. Maybe he like had the intention of doing it. And then when he saw her, he changed his mind. But before we get to that, we got to talk about 
the message that the tracksuit mafia got but i i just want to point out like other film nerds out there you're gonna love this when the tracksuit mafia they're in that truck and they say do we look like the royal tenenbaums with their little tracksuits so any wes anderson fans i hope you appreciated that as much as i did did you guys pick up on that at all or was that just me Listen, we all know I'm not smart. I don't know. <laughs> That's not true. That doesn't mean you're not smart. That just doesn't mean I'm you watch not such a, I'm not such a huge movie buff as you guys are. So no, I did not pick up on it. I didn't understand what they were talking about. Ben Stiller's but... character in that movie wears like workout gear. I see. With his okay. son. like That's like what they wear. But also Tenenbaums is very similar to the word for Christmas tree in German. Oh. Yeah. That probably the Royal Christmas it, trees. Yes. <laughs> I have to say I this is a weird side note, but I love how like German is a part of the movie um just Hollywood. Like they every time they want to be like, oh, secret spy, they're like Russian or German. Don't it's, know why I thought of that. It's really interesting because it has like a historical context to it, which I, I have to history nerd about this for a second. This has absolutely nothing to do with Hawkeye. But, you know, when these like enemies were made in like these movies, like movies in the 70s and 80s, we were in the Cold War with Russia. So Russia was the enemy. Therefore, they speak Russian. That was kind of the same going back to like our wars with Germany. So the bad guys always had to be German because we were like at war with them. But anyway, that's that. Gonna go stop on that. But I hope that have- was enough yeah. to explain. It did very much so. I mean, like movie, if people don't believe movies are propaganda, then you need media literacy. But like, obviously there's a bit of remnants still in Hollywood now. So yes, film and, and history aside, they get a message from Clint that tells Maya to meet him at the place where they first met. And and yes, and he doesn't want the big guy involved, which we know who that is. Now we do. Now we do, we do. for sure. Now so there's no more speculation. Mephisto We're confirmed. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Kingpin <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> I think the whole scene with Maya and Hawkeye, I don't know what I really was expecting because Hawkeye kind of just put on his ronin suit and was like suddenly i am the master of the arts of the dark arts and like he just like (laughs) took out so many people so quickly when in like the beginning of the series you see him get like beat up really quickly and i will say maya held her own in their fight i would say i was surprised that he didn't kill her and i don't know if uh disney was like let's back it up maybe we shouldn't make hawkeye a murderer because <laughs> he already is a murderer though exactly how can like, you I back think, that up yeah I, I i think the whole spiel he said I, I keep using the word spiel but the whole speech he says to maya where he's like you and i are the same is true they're both looking for vengeance and they're looking at for it in a way to to ease their soul by they think you know they'll get it by killing the person involved which in fact though how can you tell Maya to let it go like let Ronan go because you didn't you like you you didn't you murdered serial killed a bunch of people so how are you going to tell this girl that hey leave my family alone I've been there 
and expect her to listen to you because yeah sweetie (laughs) and then the whole thing coming out about like her boss wanted her dad dead crazy it it aligns with the comics too because kingpin kills her her dad yeah in the comics so hmm and then we get some suspicion on kazi one thing just to backtrack a little bit though i'm really sorry but one thing that super bothered me about and i know that's probably just the way he acts but like maya is deaf right and she needs to resort to reading clint's lips and he's trying to do these like half-hearted like signs because he doesn't know all of them, but he also doesn't enunciate his words. Like I was trying to like not look at the subtitles and just look at his lips. And I'm like, I could not tell what he was saying. Like, bro, move your lips. Sorry. I just, that was a frustration. No, I no, <laughs> I totally, I totally felt that. And I feel like I don't know, maybe Iris, it's because you and I have like that theater background. So we're like enunciate. And I'm in, in journalism too, Muska, especially we're podcasters. So we're like, let's say all of the words very clear. Here are my vowels. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, how? And you think that he would, especially being around a deaf person, that you would try to enunciate and better. And being hard of hearing himself. Like, yeah, bro, you literally went through the struggle of two days ago when your hearing aids were broken. Have some respect. Got some ableist behavior. Yes. Anyway, yes. So now her like suspicion is on Kazi. We cut to them after Kate comes back in and they escape with a rideshare. It was so funny. <laughs> that is like Gen Z at its finest, I think, yeah. at least a younger generation. And I, again, I've, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I really like how she is Gen Z, but it's not like, OMG, fire emoji, mind exploding emoji, you know? Yes, exactly. I agree. It's, I definitely think that Marvel is catching on to how teenagers are actually and not what the movie movies think them to be. Not to reference Spider-Man once again, but a good example is this original Spider-Man trilogy and the Tom Holland series. I think there's a huge difference between actually telling which one's act like teenagers and look like teenagers too and look like teenagers. yes oh my gosh true yes I didn't know this but Tobey Maguire was 27 years old when the first oh, Spider-Man yeah, came out not a teenager which is crazy because that the first Spider-Man's 20th anniversary is going to be next year which means that that man is he's almost 47? like 50 years old yeah he's I think he's oh my god right now, which is nuts. I oh my god okay do you <laughs> do very random side note um do you guys watch cosmonaut because he reviews the original spider-man trilogy and he mentions that where he's like um look at the teenagers compared to the teachers and they're the same age like they look this like the teenage the teacher looks younger than then again though laura harrier in spider-man the uh, homecoming she was also like 25 26 portraying like what 17 year old so yeah but But she she... is very young looking exactly it's about how you look not what your actual age is and you're right in the first spider-man like the casting was just like does anybody want to be in a spider-man movie mary jane looks like a 30 year old woman like a yeah 30 year old woman that is like part of upper society 
like she does not look like a teenager that's like one of the popular girls uh-uh yeah anyways and, rant over yeah no I I'm gonna add to the rant like when I watched the movies as a kid I thought that they were adults like full adults so looking back at that's it now what I thought too yeah being older than these characters are I'm like wait hang on <laughs> does not add up but yes enough about Spider-Man which check out our Spider-Man episode um coming later this week I will talk about that more later. So that's just like a little tease. So yeah, we cut back to Maya and Kazi and Maya asked him where he was the night of the attack. I want your thoughts on that because isn't Kingpin Kazi's uncle or yeah. I think so. Something like that. But he was acting super sus. Um, He did not have a straight answer for her where he was. Like he didn't get the call. My ass seriously it's like texting someone oh I didn't see your text because it might be true for some people but most of the time you're just making an excuse so Kazi what were you really doing like we'll find out next episode or not yeah well I hope so it's the last one but we cut back to Clint and Kate in the rideshare and Clint learns about Elena. And I feel like, what did you guys think of that conversation? I feel like this episode is very much like character chatty realness. So we just got more of that. It did make me realize that this happens before the Black Widow after credit scene. Because if Clint doesn't know about Elena and Elena wants to kill Clint, how would they have been standing at the grave of Natasha before? So I have a I have a counter to this because how would Yelena know that it was Clint's fault that Natasha is dead if Valentina didn't tell her when she was standing outside of Natasha's grave? I'm thinking that the blip happened and then she wanted to know where Natasha was. She found her grave and then Valentina was like, here's who you need to kill. And then that was it for her. That I don't... makes sense. But also, I think, like, somehow in my head, the reaction Clint gave to hearing Elena's name was kind of like, oh, Elena, like, Natasha has told me about her, but I've never seen her. You know, that's kind of the vibe I gave, I got from him. But what you're saying also makes a lot of sense. So I don't know. Maybe we'll get a clear answer in next episode. Or we'll just have to speculate forever. Because that happens too. (laughs) Yeah, that does happen. (laughs) Yeah, and who knows how it all came to be. But I'm wondering if we'll see Valentina in next week's episode or like see how that connection really came to be. Because I thought when Eleanor called somebody that she called Valentina. But maybe she called Kingpin, who then called Valentina. Because I feel like Valentina was the one who got Yelena into all this, you know, by showing the picture. But again, that could have happened after. So who's to say? I'm not too sure exactly how this played out, but in my head, I feel like Clint knows about Yelena just of name, not from face. Like, and Yelena probably knows of Hawkeye by name, but not, you know, he not in close regard. And they both had that, yeah, misunderstanding where. Yelena thinks that he's responsible for Natasha's murder and he realizes that she probably thinks that <laughs> too. So I think there's going to be a confrontation obviously in the next episode. Oh, I think but, so too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure Valentina will be in it. I feel like it's going to focus more on 
Kate's mom and how she's involved in all this. And you know who else is going to focus on the person, the, reveal, the person the who was in the, the picture. Week. And okay, Yelena going to figure out who hired her. Boss move. Boss move. And that means that she actually really likes Kate Bishop. I had to say the full name. <laughs> I sure hope so. And I think that's the good thing. They both challenge each other in that scene because Kate was, you know, the blind optimism and Yelena was the the cynic but they both had to confront the truth that is Hawkeye really this great person what does it mean to be a hero and Yelena had to like confront like well am I being lied to am I just being you know used because of my close relation to Natasha and I'm glad she follows through with it I hope I hope Kate does too but it shows that that personality but can we actually talk about Mr. I don't want to say Mr. Big because, you know, Sex in the City fans out there <laughs> <laughs> might get whiplash. But I just screamed at my TV last night. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. And I, honestly, Iris, I want you to lead this because you have watched Daredevil and Muska and I haven't. So you, what do you have to I say? Just, I just want to say I knew it when we saw just the slight like his hand because if you've watched daredevil you know that this man has a like strange upset it's not strange if you've seen the show but he has this obsession with wearing this very particular pair of cufflinks and my friend ruby and i shout out to ruby um they actually told me they were like i i think i saw his cufflinks (laughs) and so that's when i knew um But yeah, I am really excited um, for Kingpin because Wilson Fisk, as his actual name is, is huge, uh, both in size and uh, reputation. (laughs) Um, And I just hope that this means that our boy Daredevil also comes back because I miss Matt Murdock. And is it the same actor that plays Kingpin? Vincent D'Onofrio. Okay. Same actor. He tweeted about it on his Twitter too. It was like, when I was a little boy. Um, which is in this show. So I, yeah, that's what Giovanni said on the Slack last night too. And <laughs> that's what that was about. Ah, I was, shout out to Giovanni. Yeah. It's a Daredevil but, thing. There's this whole episode in the first season of Daredevil where it like explains Kingpin's background and like what happened to him as a kid, which makes him like the way he is right now. I won't say anything else to spoil it for you guys because I know you're going to watch it. So, but it'll all make sense when you watch the show. I do have a question. Hopefully my viewers or listeners don't hate me, but is he the villain for like which season? First one. And I think he, I haven't actually seen the third season because I'm, I'm, I'm really bad at watching shows for a very long time. Um, <laughs> I'm currently stuck on season two, like the end of season two. So I'm almost there. I don't know if he comes back for season three or if this is his big comeback or if I he's think- in any of the other Defender shows because uh, I haven't watched those. I only care about uh, Matt Murdock and Mr. Punisher, Frank Castle himself. <laughs> so yeah. I think that he does come back in season three. Yeah, I thought so too. I think my partner said that he he does. He, like he escapes prison okay. or something, but- uh... Yes, actually, yes. I remember from reading on the Wikipedia right now that, not right now. I remember right now from reading on the Wikipedia that he does come back. So yeah. Okay, I will- Keep my eyes peeled for Mr. King. <laughs> Muska, we need to motivate each other to watch Daredevil because yeah, this is this I'll, is intense. I'll, I'll send y'all some it. some good pictures of Charlie Cox because that'll motivate you. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely was interested in watching Daredevil. And I remember watching the first couple episodes, but I don't know what stopped me. That and Jessica Jones. I did watch the first few episodes of Jessica Jones too. And I really liked yeah. it. But I think um, since it was a little more like sexually explicit, which I was like 16. So the things that I saw at 16, I was like, <gasps> my eyes. But I think now I can definitely handle. So it's probably not even that bad. <laughs> but I yeah, just was like, I mean, yeah. there, is, there is sex. So like, yes, but... <laughs> But I wouldn't, me probably wouldn't call it explicit. Like, no, <laughs> but no. I would have at, you know, 15, 16. Yes. <laughs> I think for Marvel, it was very, it was much darker because it, it, it does, Jessica Jones goes into like abuse, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think it had a lot of darker themes. Even it's Daredevil. very more, it's like gritty and like yeah. more, yeah. Yeah, which I will say probably was due to the fact that those shows were popular during that time. That's why CW like took off because yeah, that's dark true. Rooting. Yeah, so um, I'm interested. I'm really excited to watch it. And most of the times I watch something that's like beloved, not beloved, but like you know, like something that people love from back in a time. Um, and I'm watching it in present day. I think I'm more of an unbiased view because I don't have that like, like I love this so much from that like the little rose colored glasses. Yeah. Yeah. So I that makes sense. I, I hope I love it because I do feel like I will. But I'm interested to see if like I catch anything that I'm like, oh, this is very 2017, you know? You probably will. And you know that's okay. <laughs> that is okay yeah so I want to talk about the end credit song in the episode where it was like boom kingpin and then you're a mean one Mr. Grinch I thought that was such a good use of the Christmas theme and like oh shoot the big the big bad boss is here yes I so very much agree my mom and I were laughing when they started playing um your Mr. Grinch because it's it just chef's kiss goes with it so well. I love their whole use of music, especially Christmas music. This is obviously coming from a Muslim, so, but I genuinely, like, they just incorporated it so well that I haven't even really sat and noticed, like, another Christmas song. Like, it's just, it's just feels really natural in, in the, sh- in the show, and I give them credits for that, props to that. Yeah, it's not like every other song is a Christmas song. So that's, and it's not too on the nose. So I really like that. Like two weeks ago when they did the Nutcracker. Yeah, it was the Nutcracker music. I really like that too. And the end, after all the fancy credits, them zooming out and it being Hawkeye and then like Kingpin's outline. Oh, that's good stuff. It was really good. And honestly, I was surprised that there was no mid credit scene, no end credit scene. What did, what do you guys think of that? Well, I agree with you, actually. I was surprised, too, that there was nothing. I was like, scroll, I scroll because I'm lame. Um, I was scrolling through the credits, and I was like, wait, why, why is there nothing? Nothing happened. So I guess we just have to wait until next week. No little teaser for next week. Honestly, that, like, reveal of the picture, I think, was enough of, like, a mid credit type feel to it. I agree. I think they took that big truth reveal as like, all right, you guys don't need to know what happens next. This is enough for you. Cause it was, I was like, (gasps) and like, I just stood there. And I know every episode has flowed so well into each other from the beginning. It's just felt like a movie. So 
predictions for next week time. Do you think it's going to flow just like that where they're going to be left at their phone? Like, oh my gosh, do you think it's going to cut? And overall predictions for the finale. Tell me what you think. Ooh, well, 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 what do we think? <laughs> um, I really hope that there will be a confrontation with Kingpin because it just, it has to come to that, right? We have to know why mom's involved with it. We have to know where Jack stands with it. We have to know what Kazi has to do with it. Like there has to be some big confrontation. I'm excited to see the new suits um, because they, I've seen the pictures of it. They look really, really good. Um, at least if it's the suits that like they're wearing on the, I'm assuming it is the purple suits, but I'm assuming, I don't know. Who's to say? <laughs> anyway, excited to see those. Um Someone has to come out and name the pizza dog Lucky because that's his name, Lucky the pizza dog. So I'm, I know that girls at one point was like, I have name suggestions for the dog, and then we never followed up on that. So yeah, uh, justice for pizza dog. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are my major predictions for next week, and I think it's gonna flow nicely. I hope they don't cut. I think I might be being bold with this, but I feel like the last scene in the show will be Clint with his family spending Christmas, just because they've made a big emphasis on the fact that he's not home for Christmas. So I feel like that's definitely going to be the end scene. And then obviously we'll have like a mid-credit, end-credit scene. But I basically agree with Iris. I think most of the the next week's episode will be continuation but I think things will like accelerate because aren't I think we're on like Christmas Eve or something so I think they're trying to pick up the pace everything happens kind of in the same day so I do think there will be a confrontation with Kingpin I do think uh, with Maya not Maya Kate and her mom I'm hoping Yelena will be a part of the narrative as well and I know it's like the last episodes they always have action pack scenes but I do hope it's more character driven a lot more like focus on emotions because being betrayed by your mother is going to be a really big traumatic experience so I hope they don't just gloss over that and it's like oh I guess I have to attack you now because I'm I know what's right and wrong like uh that is your mother I would be a little you know conflicted yeah I I thought of a sorry I just thought of a quick question for you Liz to add to your predictions do you think Clint will make it home in time to spend Christmas Day with his family. See, I was just about to mention that. Like, I know we've been pooping on Clint this entire episode, but let's be honest. Marvel has made me emotionally invested into his journey to get home for Christmas. And I would really like him to get home for Christmas. And I think that they are relying heavily on like the it's Christmas, like wholesome Christmasness. So having that end scene of him with his family will probably be very cute and and wholesome and satisfying. And then that's exactly, Muska, what you said. We get to that mid-credit scene where we get a little cliffhanger for what's next. I'm excited. That's all. <laughs> Me too. I I want character development. And I just want to know what's next for Kate Bishop, for Elena. <sighs> I just want Clint to retire, honestly. Like, Kate just needs to be Hawkeye. I, I would love- So we can would, have Young Avengers. Yes, I would love, like, a Hawkeye season two where Hawkeye is Kate or just, like, start Young Avengers. That's I think that's kind of where I'm at. Me too. I want, if they continue on with the season two, I want that to be the start of Young Avengers. Like, I think Kate is a good protagonist for that group. Like, I 
I think she would do well. Iris, who leads the Young Avengers? Is it Kate or is it somebody else? So it is Kate who leads them. And it's also um, Patriot, formerly Iron Lad, also led them. But Iron Lad goes rogue in the comics. So um, yeah. So it's, yeah, basically Kate leader. (laughs) So basically this has the chance to lead into some Young Avengers moments. I guess if she's like kind of like the first one, we're going to have to wait a little bit. But ah, I just love Haley as, as Kate. Like it's just so good. And Cassie um, in Quantumania should be around the same age as Kate. So that's very exciting to me. Here we go. Oh, guys, I'm just so excited. And I'm so glad that the three of us could be on a podcast episode this week. We may not be experts, but our other co-hosts are. So make sure you join them next week for the final episode of Chasing Arrows. And of course, recapping the final episode of Hawkeye. But you don't have to wait until next week to hear us. This weekend, we're releasing our very first bonus episode about Spider-Man No Way Home. So make sure to keep an eye out on social media for its release. But be careful out there because spoilers are everywhere. I am trying to avoid social media as much as I can because I am so scared since Eternals, a part of Eternals got spoiled for me. For more Marvel content, head over to BoardWalkTimes.net or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BoardWalk Times. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. 